welcome to another wonderful Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are excited to be bringing you the artists and the company that we have on our show today. We had the honor of seeing their last production back in the spring, a show called Must Win, and they're back with a brand new show. So joining us today, we have the writer and performer of the show, Larry Phillips, who's with Randomly Specific Theater's presentation of Good Night, Baby Girl. It's playing October 13th through the 22nd at the Chain Theater. And you can get your tickets and more information by visiting randomlyspecifictheater.com. This is a wonderful theater company. We were huge fans of their last production, and we can't wait for this show. So let's go ahead and bring on our guest today, Larry Phillips. Larry, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for saying such nice things about the last show. The Must Win was truly just absolutely fantastic. I went in knowing almost nothing except that I was like, cool, play about football. Like, I I like sports ball. I'm good on that. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was absolutely fantastic, and I've seen it mentioned a few times since then, and I've been very excited to know what's next for your company. And here we are. We're talking about your new show, Good Night, Baby Girl which is exciting. And I, I want to kick things off by having you tell our listeners a bit about what this show is about. Thank you. It's a small four-person drama, mainly focused about a woman named Vivian, who is in a lovely marriage with her husband, Adam, in a lovely home that she teaches yoga out of. And she gets a new client, a woman with a pregnant teenage daughter. And from meeting these, this mother and her teenage daughter, she starts to reevaluate some of her life choices that have led her to this seemingly very happy, content life. That sounds interesting. I want to know more. So where did you come up with the idea for this show? This play came from this conversation that I think a lot of people, I mean, I'm sure people in general have this conversation, but I think theater people really have this too, of having children, having families. It's, I think, any type of art, whether you're a theater performer or dancers or physical artists, I think the idea of having family sometimes is an afterthought because you have to put you and your art forward to make a living <laughs> getting this art produced. And what it means to decide if or not you want to have a family and what that decision has ramifications on down the line. So I'm very interested in my friends and, and fellow artists that I've worked with who have decided to have children and where that has led them in life and those who have decided not to have children and have they had any changes of heart. So it's it's basically a story of what constitutes a family. Hmm. That's very interesting, very relatable. Not only, I mean, personally from my end, but also, I mean, I think from a lot of our listeners and a lot of people in the arts, as you said. So this is an interesting story. Now, we are gearing up for the opening here soon on October 13th. And I'd love to know what has it been like developing this piece? This was a pandemic play, meaning I wrote it during the, the heart of the pandemic. So I never really had chance to workshop it. I sent it around to a few directors that I've worked with in the, in the past uh, to get some feedback and found somebody who was really interested, uh, Greg Pika, who is the director here. I've worked with him previously about a year ago. 
And basically, we just kind of went back and forth on ideas about the play and then went right into casting. So it hasn't had a very long pre-production life. That's amazing. And and now we're rushing towards October 13th with that fabulous opening of the world premiere of the show. Yes. As we've mentioned previously a little bit ago, you know, this is a relatable story, especially to a lot of artists, a lot of young artists. Is there a specific message or thought you want your audiences to walk away with? You know, I'd be really interested to see what people walk away with it. I think when you have conversations like family, what constitutes the family, having a family, putting your career ahead of your family, I think people come through it with all different opinions and thoughts that sometimes you don't even think of. I know there are people who feel very strongly from a very young age that they want to have several children. And then people who feel like they never want to have any children. And then people who kind of go with the wind. So I would actually be really interested to see how it affects people on both sides of those spectrums. If they feel like they may be rushed into things, if they should have taken more time, if they reconsider like our character does. Interesting. A lot of important questions being asked there. Finally, for this first part, I want to know, who do you hope have access to Goodnight Baby Girl? I hope people who are just interested in new plays, not just, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have put just in there. <laughs> people who are interested in new plays. Personally, love a revival love movie turned into a big smash musical extravaganza. But the thing that I personally really am interested in is the new plays. I love seeing what's happening at Playwrights Horizons and MCC and MTC and all the M's, T's and so on and so forth. I love a brand new straight play. So I hope people who really are interested in new work, that hasn't been produced before, that isn't based on some past film, television, revival, come to see it. I want to now switch things up for the second part of our interview, give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better. And I want to start by finding out what or who inspires you? What playwrights, composers, or shows have inspired you in the past or are just some of your favorites? Okay. So this is a very blanket, boring answer, but I'll get a, I'll give you a more specific one in a second. Honestly, anything that I just like, good work turns me on whether it's in the theater, whether it's in film, whether it's intelligent, just something that is just interesting and new or seeing a new person or a new voice, I find that to be such a turn on. But when it comes to like specific playwrights, huge fan of Kenneth Lonergan, both his film and theater work. I actually wish he'd write more theater, but I guess, you know, he's he's interested in making money, bless him. <laughs> um, but I, I love, I love Kenneth Lonergan. I've really enjoyed some of the stuff that I've seen recently from Brandon Jenkins Jacobs. Martin McDonough is always an interesting watch. Stephen Adley Gurgis is always an interesting watch. Uh, but the thing that I saw most recently that I just loved, and it was not for everybody, and it's almost a year ago now, was at Playwrights Horizons, Bruce Norris's Downstate. It was easily one of my favorite things that I've seen definitely since the pandemic. And it was, for anybody who doesn't know, it was about a 
group home for people who've been convicted of sexual misconduct, mostly against young people. And so it was not an easy watch, but it was done in such a way that I, I would constantly text and email people be like, look, I don't know if you can sit through this, but if you can, you won't be sorry. Those are, that, those are wonderful lists. Those are wonderful inspirations. Kind of building off of that, I'd love to know, have you seen any great theater lately you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Oh, I think because I'm in rehearsal, I haven't seen too much recently, recently. But the the last thing I saw, I think, is already closed. Not the last thing I saw, but the last thing I really enjoyed that I, I already closed. And I believe you did an episode with the, the playwright, the Eulogy for Roman. Yes, it was a fantastic show. Oh, my gosh. That was great. I, I really really enjoyed it. It was a really interesting take on a solo show. And I, I really enjoyed myself. It was an experience, which I love. I love those. I love when it's just not someone talking to you from the stage, but they really are like, well, we're gonna, we're all going to go on a trip. You know, you bought your ticket and that came with it, you know? <laughs> so it was a wonderful show. I'm glad you mentioned that and you got to see it. I did. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? I love that every show, regardless of the size of the cast, the size of the team creating it, sort of for six weeks or seven weeks, depending on how long the run is, becomes this sort of little weird family. This little weird group of people who may not know each other, may know each other, some people don't, just kind of get together and you spend a lot of time together for a very short period of time and you learn so much about people. And then when it's over, it's a little sad because that grouping in all likelihood will never happen again. Uh, you may work with the director again. You may work with an actor again. You may work with the lighting designer again. But that specific group of people is probably never going to be together exactly the same. And I don't know. I kind of love it. And it also makes me happy, sad in a weird way, because when it does work and it does gel, for example, the show we mentioned at the top that was from the spring must win was absolutely one of those things where everybody just gelled. You kind of want to go, well, can I write a play that involves all of them? And would they all be available? And would they all want to do it? And, and then you go, oh, that might be too dangerous to try to do to, to, to summon the theater gods to make everything work again. <laughs> And just let it be lightning in a bottle and this really terrific experience we had once. And I'm having a great time on this show as well. But it, that's what I love. The little, the little family that it creates for this short period of time. Yes, a wonderful answer. Well, we've now arrived at my favorite question to ask guests. And that is, what is your favorite theater memory? It's my favorite because it's my first and it says, I think, a lot about the business in a weird way. So go down this really weird road with me for a second. When I was in preschool, for some strange reason, and my, my parents can't explain to me why, my preschool offered tap dance lessons? I, it was the 80s. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And at the end of the year, they did this, like, end of the year show for, for the parents. And we tap dance, I'm not even sure how this works, to Billy Joel's Uptown Girl. And yeah, I, I don't know. I made my mother go out and buy at the time the record so I could practice at home. 
And they asked us if anybody wanted to do anything else in the show besides this number. And I raised my hand and I'll never forget it. Even though I was four, the kid next to me said, why would you want to do anything else? And I said, I don't know. sounds like fun. And they asked me to do this like little nursery rhyme. And I had to learn this nursery rhyme. And in this nursery rhyme, it said, come with me. And because I was four, my speech wasn't great yet. I had a little bit of a lisp. So I kept saying, come with me instead of with me. And at the final dress rehearsal, the principal of this preschool told my mother, if he can't say with, we're cutting him. So at four years old, I learned about show business and how cruel it could be. And I went home that night and I learned how to say with. And my mother says that when I did the show the next day, it was the strongest punch of with that anyone has ever heard. I love that. Way to stick it to that principle. <laughs> Why like four was... years old and you're already like, nah, nah, it's all about me. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I don't come from a showbiz family. So like my parents weren't like theater people or anything like that. But yeah, I got a taste at four years old of the cutthroatness of, of, of the theater world. That's so incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that memory. Thank you. Do you have any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Yeah, actually, I already know what the next project will be with Randomly Specific Theater. It'll be in January. It'll be at the Chain Theater again. And it's a solo show that I've been workshopping for the last few years. And it is called The Art of Acting, A Masterclass with Fozzie Bear. And based off of that title, yes, it's Fozzie Bear presenting a masterclass in acting. <laughs> Yes, I can't wait for all the terrible jokes and the waka wakas. And I'm there, sold. First ticket, let me know on the run sale. I will get one. Fantastic. Well, to wrap things up, if our listeners want more information about Goodnight Baby Girl or about you, perhaps you'd like to reach out to you, how can they do so? They can go to randomlyspecifictheater.com where they can find all the information about the play. And I also have uh, uh, links to my own personal uh, website there as well. They could drop us an email at randomlyspecifictheater at gmail.com. Either myself or my co-artistic directors are always checking that. So that's how you can get in touch with us. Fantastic. Well, Larry, thank you so much for stopping by today and sharing this incredible new work that you've got coming. We are so excited for the show. We are so excited to see it. I'm so happy for you, and I can't wait to see what else you're doing, including the art of acting that's coming in January. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate it so much. My guest today has been the writer and performer, Larry Phillips, who's with Randomly Specific Theater, and they're presenting the new show, Good Night, Baby Girl. It's playing October 13th through the 22nd at the Chain Theater, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting randomlyspecifictheater.com, and that's theater with an R-E. We also have some contact information for our guests that will be posted in our episode description, as well as on our social media posts. But listen, get your tickets now for the show. 
I cannot recommend it enough. Their previous work that I had the pleasure of seeing must win was so, so good. So I know the show is going to be great. And there's some fantastic stuff in the works coming on the pipeline that we'll bring to you. The show they've got right now that you need to get tickets for is Good Night, Baby Girl, playing October 13th through the 22nd. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap those candies, and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. The lights of old Broadway, hey.